Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo-Daily, is Ireland's warm welcome for Ukrainian refugees waning? Ireland opened its doors and showed compassion to Ukrainian refugees who fled the Russian invasion in 2022. Now, Ireland ranks as one of the top countries in Europe when it comes to asylum and accommodation. We are uh, a country that uh, is full of compassion, but we unfortunately have limited capacity, particularly when it comes to accommodation, and that's the context to uh, what's being examined at the moment. But our famous Cade Milafolce attitude now appears at odds with a government desperately counting the costs. With pressure mounting on the Taoiseach, how is the policy going to change? The only message of unity or solidarity, unanimity emerging from cabinet and government sources is that some change is going to have to happen. Now, how they go about that is entirely another question. I'm Fiannan Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by John Downing, political correspondent with the Irish Independent, to discuss this perfect storm. John, as of now... Where does Ireland rank in terms of providing asylum to Ukrainian refugees? The short answer is very highly. In the first place, we have, at last count, in absolute numbers, we have almost 87,000 people. It's considerable in a very short period of time. Uh, If you look at it relative to population, which is the better way of looking at it, uh, we find we come in 12th out of 38 OECD countries. For example, Germany and Poland each have a million people give or take. Now, the population, A, they're next door countries to Ukraine, so to speak. B, the population of Germany is 84 million people. The population of Poland is pretty much 40 million people. Ireland, in in their coming number 12 out of 38 OECD countries is extremely high. For example, the United Kingdom, which is an an important issue for us to keep an eye on, comes in at 24th. And even very big countries, big population countries, Italy, USA, France, are way down the field and far behind us. This is the per capita. This is... Yeah. By thousand of the population versus the number of refugees that, yeah, are, that have come is, in. Which is really the, the, the valid way to look yeah. at it relative to what we have and, and what we're doing. So, the, and the, what's interesting about that list as well, Estonia, Czech Republic, Lithuania, Poland, Latvia, Slovakia, they are the top six. They are all in what we would traditionally have called... Eastern Europe, they're either yeah, they're, they're on a, 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 a direct route, I suppose, a land route, whereas Ireland comes in seventh and you have to get a plane to, to basically get here. 
Basically, yeah, and you probably in in some cases when you follow the the individual stories, you find that they have probably been in two or three countries before they wind up in Ireland. Now, explain that to us. What exactly is the status of what we refer to as a Ukrainian refugee under EU law? Well, on the one hand, they are kind of asylum seekers in the classic sense. However, when all of this erupted on February 24th, 2022, uh, the EU rushed uh, to try and show as much goodwill and as much practical help as possible and tried to extend basically kind of EU citizen status uh, as much as possible to all of them. Ireland offered full uh, access to social security, education, health, all those benefits uh, to Ukrainian uh, refugees almost from day one. Others were a bit slower about it. They have a more hybrid approach. They are sort of asylum seekers plus. But if, you know, it's, it's just like For example, you go and get a job in Germany and if you're unemployed or you get sick or whatever it is, you have the same status and rights as a German citizen. And similarly, German people coming to Ireland, etc. And that was extended in in a sense for... uh, Immigration, migration purposes, the Ukrainian uh, people fleeing war and and strife were given, they kind of de facto became the 28th member state of the EU. And on top of that, then, there was a guarantee of providing accommodation, again, as you would for people who are coming here as, as refugees. So what kind of pressure has that put on the system? Well, it's huge pressure because it happens to coincide with a housing supply crisis, with spiralling costs of housing. The first group of women and children fleeing war in Ukraine have arrived in Stradbally in County Leash, where they will be housed in tents because there's no other accommodation available for them. Over 700 are expected in the coming weeks. The Stradbally Hall estate is being used by the government, which says the women and children will be there for no longer than six weeks. It has also coincided with a huge increase in the numbers coming from North Africa, the Middle East and Asia, fleeing other conflicts, people coming from Libya, people coming from Afghanistan and many other other uh, places of, of strife. So uh, it's, I hate the phrase, but it, it, it's useful in this context, a perfect storm. Many things coming together to create a very difficult situation for the government. Now, what else is being identified now as a reason for Ireland being a a destination for effectively so many refugees coming from Ukraine? Well, comparisons, a full status, 220 quid a week. I I worked for 10 years in Brussels. That's social welfare payments. Yeah. Yeah, social welfare payments. And I worked for 10 years in Brussels every now and again. Somebody would ask, well, if I was on the dole in Spain, what would I get? Or if I was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Run the comparisons. And I learned very early on that you're, it's a dangerous business. You're comparing apples and oranges. You have to factor in cost of living, for example, which here is really quite high, and especially the cost of accommodation. You have to factor in other benefits that people may get, such as benefits in kind. You have to factor in things where they may get 
help from the regional government or from the local authority. So uh, you're not always, you know, it is, as I say, apples and oranges. So that is a caveat. But a credit to uh, independent uh, former Fiona Foyle Maverick TD Mark McSharry from Sligo. He has pursued this issue pretty assiduously from way back and got research uh, from, uh, from the Leinster House Library Service, rather excellent Leinster House Library Service. They drew on the back of their umbrella group, the European Centre for Parliamentary Research. They issue the warning that I was just going through there about apples and oranges. However, they also, you you conclude from reading their report that even factoring in all the health warnings, all the caveats, we are left with a situation where Irish benefits and Irish supports for Ukrainian refugees are way ahead by some distance in very many cases. This is also having an impact now in terms of formulation of government policy. Concerns over possible changes to how refugees arriving here from Ukraine would be accommodated led to what's being described as robust discussions around the cabinet table today. The proposals from Minister Roderick O'Gorman include housing new arrivals in dormitory-style accommodation for 90 days, after which individuals would have to find their own place to live. And we've had divisions within cabinet, maybe not along ideological lines as such, but certainly in terms of of where to go next on this issue. Fill us in on what's happening within the government on where do they go on the provision of accommodation? Well, principally, the the heavy lifting on this issue was being done by the the third smallest party, a partner in government, uh, the Green Party, via uh, the minister responsible for equality issues, Roderick O'Gorman. And he put the fat in the fire, so to speak, uh, the other week uh, at a cabinet meeting where he said, look, what we are doing currently is unsustainable. It's under- unsustainable from a spending point of view, and it's equally becoming rapidly unsustainable from the point of view of resources. We just don't have the places to put these people. Watch that uh, comment I made earlier about uh, Ireland. Uh, relative to population coming in at number seven, the United Kingdom coming in at number 24. And you have to to say that if you were a Ukrainian in Manchester and you learned of the differential in benefits and facilities in the Republic of Ireland, you may decide to hit uh, a budget flight and come to Ireland. Similarly, you might just decide to get a bus from uh, Belfast, Newry, Derry, wherever, come down around the greater Dublin area and take it from there. You don't have to be a wide boy, an opportunist. It's common sense. If you're trying to uh, better yourself, your family, your dependents, it's a logical thing to do. So what proposals are on the table in terms of dealing with the the accommodation issue? Well, the only... Uh, message of of unity or solidarity, unanimity emerging from uh, cabinet and and government sources is that some change is going to have to happen. Now, how they go about that is uh, is entirely another question. There's a, a slightly squalid game of pass the parcel going on at cabinet level. 
whose responsibility is this? It was uh, Roderick O'Gorman, Equality Minister of the Green Party. Suggestions all the time that it may uh, have been the responsibility of the Housing Department headed by Darrell O'Brien of Fianna Foil, Or should it be Justice, which is a primary source dealing with migration issues, Helen McEntee of Fanagail, or should it be social protection headed by Heather Humphreys of uh, social protection? The point here is that to change, it probably needs primary legislation through the Doyle, through the Shannad, criticisms and attacks from both left and right, the more uh, conservative elements saying, let's look after Irish people first. Uh, we can't be just giving away, giving all our benefits away willy-nilly. People on the left uh, of the argument saying, look, uh, we have legal moral and social obligations here and we, we need to do right by all migrants, especially Ukrainians fleeing war. So this exposes the government politically and there is, as I say, a game of past the parcel about political ownership. So two broad areas seem to be under examination. One is the idea you'd limit the provision of accommodation to, to three months and secondly, that the rate of social welfare payment would not be 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 the same as for Irish citizens. Are either of those feasible or even desirable? Each bring brings its own basket of problems and issues that need to be dealt with. Ninety days. So the argument: well, we're giving you three months, help you get your legs under you, and I'll shift for yourself. Uh, a difficult one to do, uh, in particularly given the price and the scarcity of accommodation. There are other issues, uh, and the, there are a lot of children whom we know anecdotally have been welcomed and are being, by and large, very well integrated into the education system. Does this does this raise questions about uh, somebody who loses their supports in an area where? Employment is not readily available in an area where accommodation is non-existent. Do you disrupt the elderly? Do you particularly disrupt the education of the school children? So that's round one. Round two, uh, how if you start uh, making fish of one and flesh of the other. For example, there was a suggestion that uh, to provide... Another unpleasant but realistic concept, a chill factor. If you come up with something that's going to disincentivize more Ukrainians arriving and they arrive each day in in numbers. So do you do that by saying, well, the ones who are here from X time still qualify for for the full welly benefits, Uh, newcomers far less. So that raises other ugly kind of divisive questions. And uh, meanwhile, kind of halfway house. Remember, um, for, for people who arrive, for example, from Afghanistan, from Libya, from wherever, uh, you get 38 euro 80 per head. So that's quite a, uh, some distance from uh, 220, which uh, the average Ukrainian could, could hope to get at present. So uh, all of these things are in the mix. Now, there are echoes emerging. Discussions are 
still relatively early days, though there is uh, an urgency that that they have to come up with some remedies relatively quickly. But uh, there, there are suggestions around the things we've been talking about there, and there are sort of hybrid halfway house versions of those. Give me your tired, your poor, your hurdled masses yearning to breed free. The words on the Statue of the Liberty from the new Colossus by Emma Lazarus. Now, we as Irish people have been those tired, poor, huddled masses. We've had to flee this country for centuries for reasons of poverty uh, and oppression. And now we have found ourselves in a position where we are economically strong and there are people coming to this country. And after 18 months, we're kind of turned around and go, oh, we're not terribly happy with this situation. So is our sympathy levels, are our Irish sympathy levels with Ukraine, are they waning at this point? Is that what part of this is all about? Well, certainly that is going to be part of the national debate. Just all of those things that you have said might my, my own strong view is that we, we are not running out of compassion here, but we are running out of cash and are running low on cash. And certainly we are all but out of resources, accommodation and housing. And we have to be realistic. There is no end view in sight for this Ukrainian invasion and conflict. And recently, the EU, uh, that original EU status we talked about at the start there, uh, that that uh, was granted and extended, and it was recently extended until March 2025. So... Um, this one will go on. I think there is a view across party that there must be changes, there there must be a tapering of benefits. And I don't think that necessarily com- uh, uh, equates or amounts to uh, r- the well of compassion being run out here. Uh, there may be other 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 ways of, of of helping, and I would hope whatever is done is done slowly and in a considered basis. Uh, which uh, would not uh, pull the rug from under people in such a peremptory way. Now, we also had a, a number of individuals taking in refugees, up to and including our, our Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar. Uh, anecdotally, are we getting any evidence back about that, that, that those offers are, are continuing or that, that people are, are saying put refugees up for a while now and now it's time to move on? Well, a- anecdotally, we're getting very positive vibes from that. And indeed, no less a figure than the uh, the he- head of the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, he, uh, the head of the International Migration Division of that, uh, Jean-Christophe Dumont, has said that their, exp- their experience and their feedback is that... Um, the, the high numbers were uh, surprising, but that the feedback anecdotally was very positive. And I know there are um, there are noises off. We we're talking about uh, the, the presence of a fledgling uh, hard right in Ireland, and one of the few sort of unifying factors. One of the these very disparate groups. Migration is an issue, so we have to be very vigilant on on all these issues 
But I don't think there's a sea change in public sentiment. Now, in the next 12 months, we are guaranteed a local elections and a European elections. There's a 50-50 chance we'll have a, a general election as well. Is this issue going to feature in a, in any of those elections? And will it be capitalised upon by the far right in, in those democratic contests? Uh, it certainly can't be ruled out. It is a prospect right now. It looks like a bit of a long shot. These groups are small. They're uh, very disparate, as I say. But when you consider, uh, for example, a, in um, September, the demonstrations which were quite ugly outside Leinster House, uh, they, they had a whole scattergun uh, selection of issues that they were protesting about, but very strong message from, uh, from a central message, concern migration and this ugly, f- stupid phrase, Ireland for the Irish. Now, finally, is the war in Ukraine, is it just an element of, of human nature and the news cycle and international attention that it's going to drift down the agenda because the focus is very much now, for example, on the Israel-Gaza uh, conflict and there may be other issues com- coming down the track. Is, is, just, is this just natural that people start losing attention in an issue? I'm afraid it is. Uh, there is there's a strong view that we have only scope, we have only capacity for one catastrophe at a time. And right now, terrible events in Gaza and uh, Israel and the Middle East are uh, commanding centre stage. And my thanks to John Downing for joining me. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Tabitha Monaghan, researched by Dave Hanratty and Sylvia Omorodion, with sound by Stephen O'Brien. Archive clips from Eroctus TV, RTE News and the Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in mon Iraq the end of Chacht Erachor. Agasuligam a Makan Shah, Gurfader Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echo. Vientalamaginam Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshatarin Griven, Orkarstan, Illis Duhalagiskimin of Nacht, Gorakligsar Dukashin Echor. Only Vin Aun, Thardarakshin, Vin Marav. Shachtan. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.